listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 The New England Patriots re-signed quarterback Cam Newton. It's a one-year contract worth up to almost $14 million. And according to reports, it's worth around $6 million tied to incentives. So Cam Newton back in New England with the Patriots. Okay, so the latest numbers are saying $6 million or so is the base? $6 million or so are tied to incentives, so it's worth up to $14 million. Okay, so they're saying the base is about $8 million then. That That's what I've seen. Yeah. I'm just doing some quick math in my head. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's interesting because if you really think about this, if you think about Cam as, oh my gosh, it's the former MVP. And remember, it wasn't that long ago, a year ago or so, that we were just, every show we were saying, where's Cam going to go? Why hasn't Cam been signed yet? You know, is it because of COVID that he's not getting his uh, physical, and that's causing problems. That was one of the biggest stories in sports all through you know, the lead-up to him signing with the Patriots. That's, that isn't what this is about. This is about effectively signing a quarterback for maybe half or so or maybe a little bit more of what Marcus Mariota is getting and contracted for to back up in Las Vegas, the Raiders. So I think that if you were judging this as is Cam as good as he used to be, no, he's not. Or at least he's very likely not. Now, it's very possible, and you could make this case, I think, in a valid way, that last year wasn't really fair to Cam, that maybe he underperformed due to reasons all right, what would those reasons be? One, it's a new offense, and it's COVID. So no preseason games, no you know limited training camp, all of the things we've talked about that makes it hard for rookies. Last year it made it hard, hard for new coaches, and we've seen that. Across the board, the general direction on newness was bad. Also, speaking of COVID, the idea is – that Cam missed a game, but by all accounts, he physically looked different after he came back from COVID. Now, Jonas, one of the things I really value from your perspective is that eye of the fan. Did Cam look uh, hindered, bothered, somehow affected post-COVID in a way he wasn't pre-COVID in his individual case of getting it? Yeah, and I don't know if obviously COVID had anything to do with it, but he did not play as effectively, seemingly didn't look as effective after he came back from the hiatus as opposed to before. Now, would you say that it would be fair to narrow that down even more and say that he physically didn't? It's one, a guy can look great physically and throw interceptions, right? Guy can look like Boney, uh, Bernie Kozar physically and throw touchdowns. It felt like Cam physically wasn't the same. Yeah, there, he w- not the same. He didn't seem – there wasn't the willingness to maybe run as much. I, I don't know. I mean, but, again, I'm not in his body, so I don't know if physically yeah, and I, what Yeah, we're he talking felt, observations. But, yeah, but it did look like as the season went on, he started to wear down a little bit. So, to me, I'm always a skeptic on excuses, but when you buy low like this, it isn't – is it certainly the case, but rather could it be the case – could it be that Cam 
the lack of practice, the lack of prep time, all of the COVID restrictions hindered his ability on the field. Yes, it could be that. Could it be that Cam, after getting COVID, wasn't physically the same, but in a way that he's returned with, you know, 10 months of rest? That's possible. What we know for sure is the risk is very modest for New England and the upside is there. I also think we can't forget this. Ask yourself in any situation in which you have imperfect information. We have imperfect information, as Jonas said. We don't know what Cam's feeling exactly. We're looking at it from the outside. But who has the most information and what signals are they sending by their actions? Who has the most information about Cam as a quarterback? Bill Belichick, McDaniels, the Patriots organization. And what have they decided to do is give him a raise. He signed very cheap last year. He's still cheap this year. But they gave, in a time when the cap is down, they gave him a raise. To me, that feels significant in that, I don't question Belichick on football at all, but I especially am not going to question him if he has greater insight than I do. If Belichick wants to sign someone and they sign him, to me, that's a good deal intrinsically. Jonas, what's your macro big picture take? Well, one, I'm, I'm happy for Cam Newton. He showed that he really does want to play. This is a guy who's got all the money he could he could possibly need, but he's played on a minimum deal last year. He's willing to come back this year, and it's clear Belichick liked something about him, whether it was we heard rave reviews about his leadership, mm-hmm. uh, his Locker. energy in the building, how hard he worked. Like He came in and took over a team that had been run by Tom Brady for 20 years, and people could not speak highly enough about him when he was there the one year in New England. And so I I think Belichick looks at things differently from other coaches. Belichick looks at things situationally. I think he lo- he game plans different for each and every game. He, he's got his system and his core beliefs, but he adjusts to each game. And I think Belichick looks at their situation and goes, we're not quite bad enough to draft a franchise quarterback near the top. Maybe we're not good enough to make a a super deep run in the postseason, but for where we're at right now, to have a guy like Cam Newton makes a lot of sense, and that's why I'm not as down on it as a lot of people are and a lot of people have been so far. That's Jonas Knox. I'm R.J. Bell. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, smartest audience in talk radio, sports talk. Time to listen up because this is a little bit nuanced. And I believe that about our audience. People sometimes say, RJ, boy, you're against the players. It's like, God, no. I mean, my dad was a coal miner. My mom, a school teacher. I grew up in a town with 4,000 people. I'm the underdog. I get that. But I also understood the only thing that could give me any hope 
to get out was the idea of merit, the idea that if I did well enough, I would succeed. Doesn't matter who your dad is, your mom, it doesn't matter. That's kind of the American dream, right? And I'm not one to talk about, what about the kids? You know, what about the kids? What are the kids going to think? But maybe in this case it is, what about the kids? Because what I don't understand about the Watson situation, Deshaun Watson, is what is the case that he should break the con- that he should have the right to break his contract? I don't even understand the case. Now maybe I'm naive, but I'm going to harken back to the old show Dallas. There was a great character Jock, and this is what Jock said: "I came to see you not too long ago. All I wanted was an extension on the loan." Deal's a deal, you said. I believed it then, I believe it now. Deal's a deal. So you sign a contract, and then for some reason, you don't want the contract to matter, but you keep the money. Like, we can keep talking. I'm not sure what else is going to be said that matters. What I know that some people might say is... Well, you know, Houston's just a a train wreck. It's like, okay, tire fire. Okay, maybe. But you know what? What has really changed? And Jonas, I'll ask you, not saying you're for Watson or not. What has changed from the time of the signing of the contract and the banking of the money and now? Uh, They went 4-12. and Okay. And so that's the thing. I I don't understand this. I mean, the whole GM thing, you could say he didn't get enough, uh, you know, but okay, I mean that that's fine. But this idea that it's just the most awful place to be. Or, or if it was so awful, why was he thanking all those guys and crying after they traded DeAndre Hopkins when he was signing the contract? He should have been celebrating exactly. Hopkins leaving, saying I, you're getting away from here finally. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand everybody running to to bail him out in this. I, I think he's totally out of line. I think Russell Wilson's out of line. I don't understand any of it. I really don't. Now, I do believe there's one way you could make the case that he should he should be able to say the deal doesn't apply. It's if somehow the game is rigged. If it's like, well, yeah, we want the owners to um, honor their contracts because they never not. And you might say, well, what about cutting people? That's the contract. The contract is they can be cut. Some of the contracts negotiate a lot of guaranteed money. Some don't. Everyone has the right to negotiate whatever they want in that regard and whatever someone will agree to. But to me, the idea that if somehow the owners are just exploiting every chance they get, they're deceptive, they're lying, they're cheating, they're stealing, the game's rigged, so I'm not going to follow the rules either. I actually think if you're in a rigged game, you shouldn't follow the rules. Yeah, I just don't understand what the, how this game is rigged And when I say game, I mean the game of a quarterback in the NFL and how much money he makes, where he plays. And if you teach a kid, what are we teaching the kids? Well, yeah, he did make a deal. He did get paid a ton of money, but he doesn't want to play. And we support him here because we are men of the people. We're a family of the people. We're a talk show of the people. Yeah, you're not, first of all. You're not a talk show of the people, all the ones trying to act like it. And even if you were you got to think the people have enough uh, discipline, character, that they're going to say, okay, if the guy's getting screwed over, 
He should do something about it. But if he's not, take your $40 million a year and play. And think about the fans, maybe. Because the fans, whoever did something wrong, the fans in Houston didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And I listen, I from all accounts, Deshaun Watson's a nice guy. I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm saying his actions, in this case, do not deserve support. And when they're supported, I do think it gives the wrong message. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This weekend, we've got conference tournament games taking place right now, but we will find out the field of the NCAA tournament coming up here in just a couple of days from now. Yeah, and I tweeted this out, so if you want to follow some of the numbers, it's at RJ in Vegas, at RJ in Vegas. And Jonas, this is one of the most telling trends and takes I've ever seen. This is like it was made in a lab to make a case. And here's what the trend is. The trend is if you have a conference final, a conference final, bet under the total. Now, under the total means the total points of both teams is over under 180 or whatever it is, and you can go over or under. And if you go back, and this is work a fellow named John Ewing did the original work on. We were listening to Jock Ewing on the quote a little bit ago. Now, you know, another Ewing here <laughs> is the idea of why is the what's the result on these unders and why. And then we're going to explain how important this is about understanding the genius of Vegas. Is from 2005 until 2017. So up until you know four seasons ago, counting this season. Unders went 58%. That's straight cash homie, as they would say. Okay, 58% under. But since 2018, so 18, 19, 20, 21, only 47%. So it's like, okay, that trend worked for a long time under conference finals, conference tournament finals, but it's done. Now, why would it go under? It would go under because of intensity, Right? It's for the conference championship, and the more intensity means more defense. It also means there's more nervousness. So the jumpers aren't quite hitting, and also more apprehensiveness. It's like, oh, I'm going to shoot. You're not playing as freely because the pressure's on. A good analogy would be the first quarter of the Super Bowl. It's got all of that intensity on defense, conservativeness, nerves. Okay, so under, less scoring. That's what we'd expect. Now, why would the trend have ended? That's the question. Because it really did end. It's now a losing trend for four years. And this is what we suspected. And McKenzie, pregame.com research, did some really good work on this. He, we said, well, what was the opening number? Because remember, the numbers open, and then they're bat, and then they close. In hindsight, we always grade based on the closing number, whatever it closed at, right? So if you look at it, even during these four years, the trend seemed to die. They went, these games went under compared to the opening number, the opening number over 60% of the time. So it's like it was better than before. But then on average, the lines moved three and a half points down. And the unders graded against the closing number were losers. So what does that teach us? One, it teaches us be careful of line moves. You don't want to bet the late number. But two, this is the way trends die. Is 
the public becomes aware of them, they start to bet them, the betting affects the number, and now it's more expensive to play it, and if you play it late, it's not that the rationale that happened on the field is wrong or on the court, it's rather the pricing changes, and at the new price, it's a loser, at the old price, it's a winner. And I'll tell you something, when it comes to the genius of Vegas, it shows you Vegas takes all the winning information and adjusts the line, and that's what you got to bet against, and that's why it's so hard to win. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 